Ladies and gentlemen, it's Monday the 1st of March and welcome to Online Darts, the live league. It's been a busy weekend, but we are back with another packed show. I'm Phil Bars, as always. Live league? Yeah, you know. Live league? Um, the live league. Come on, sorry. How about a live league? Christ. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, how are we? <laughs> Pretty good now you've made the first cock up. <laughs> Well, you know, it's been a long, been a long weekend. <laughs> takes the edge really off has, things, really <laughs> You know, it's all yes. good. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. right, like it, said, it's a good. very long weekend. Straight back into work today. The sooner you guys get us to 10K, the more of these we have to do, as promised over the weekend, but the better position we'll be in for that also. So, yeah, do what you need to do. Yeah. Press them yeah, you basically, you basically, yeah, but hang on, not be funny. You basically uh, absolutely horlicks, uh, horlicks us there by going, if we're going to do 10k, we're going to go do the challenge of the dev tour. What are you on about, city man? Hey, hey, <laughs> we didn't commit to all of it, and we also didn't commit to it in the format we currently are doing it in. We won't necessarily need three people, we could do a one or a two man show and, and that sort of thing with a few overlays that way. So don't silly man me. You can still go and do your blog and go on your walks and go for your lamb dinners between four and six. Don't you worry about that. I love this stuff. That's all I care about. That's all I Teamwork care about. Teamwork makes the dream work. That's all. Teamwork makes the that's dream work. That's all I care about. That's, that's all I care about. As long as I can have, can have my lamb dinner on a Sunday afternoon, then I'm not asked. You can do what you like after that. Uh, brilliant. <laughs> We've got a bumper show, as always. We've got Chris Mason joining us in a second. He's in the room as we speak, so he will be on very, very shortly. We're just going to share some links on social media before we get him in. We want to say hello to everyone in the chat room, all the usual faces again, absolute troopers. Juanita, it's 5, I think it's 5 a.m., she said, over in Australia. But, of course, she's here, as always. Um, so. 4am. So I knew I'd seen it in there, but in the chat room, come and say hello. We've got Mace joining us in a second and Jackie around 8.30. So get your questions in as always. And if just like magic, there he is. Chris Mason. Mace, how are we doing, buddy? Evening, boys. Good, Chris. Evening, lads. Very well, mate. Evening, Very well. Man. Excited. It's the UK good. Open. UK yeah, Open is well, now on the hill, Chris. Right. Yeah, just had a, a great super series with, um, not that I wanted to say I told you so, Barneveld picking up a title, which was which was good to see. <laughs> to have a, a good attitude, which is something that I think we all hoped for. We didn't want to see the, the negativity and the head shaking, but all credit to him. He stuck in there, rode a, Rode a few tough games, dodged a few bullets, and and come away with his first title back. So, uh, well, his first title in something like seven and a half years. So, uh, fair play, Callan Riggs as well, picking up a title, Joe Cullen, uh, and of course, well, the the man of the series, Johnny Clayton, uh, three finals and and one title. Is he is he the best dart player in the world right now? <laughs> Funny you should say that. I was going to ask the question because. <laughs> We've done it numerous times. Rankings, rankings out the window right now. Is there anyone better than the ferret? 
Well, on on evidence of, of the four days, no. Um, you know, he won the Masters. He nearly backed that up. I mean, he was he was a bit unlucky against uh, Joe Cullen. Uh, so, yeah, he's playing the... I mean, he, I wouldn't say he's playing the darts of his life, but when he's getting opportunities, the counting looks a lot better, that's for sure. He's not making as many mistakes. That could be purely down to being a lot more relaxed and, and not feeling the pressure. He's a different player since winning the World Cup with uh, Gezi Price, who had a... Well, he had an ear infection, I do believe, didn't he? So, pulled out. Yeah. Which was a, a bit disappointing, heard, but... Um, yeah, it's be interesting to see how he, he fares at the uh, the UK and whether it's going to be back to normal in time. Fingers crossed, because obviously he's playing some some of his best starts right now. And as the current world champ, we want we want to see him in his best form. Chris, I, I'm going to jump straight in because uh, you mentioned obviously the biggest talking point of the Super Series, which obviously is Raymond van Barneveld. Now, some on this show, i.e. me, uh, was suggesting that it would be it would be too difficult for him to win a, t- uh, win a title and he goes and proves me wrong in three days. But my point that I'd rather make about this is this, is the fact that if he goes on and wins numerous pro tour titles, even if he doesn't go and win one but gets continues to get close, qualifies for TV tournaments, and then goes off and did what he did on his final year previously and goes and plays exhibitions when the time allows... Would that be doing himself a disservice because of the way that he's been playing, particularly over the four days that were there in in Bolter? Because at, at times he looked the old self. He looked the Barney of 2006-7-8. Yeah, the, the throw looked incredibly smooth, didn't it? He, he did look absolutely mustered at times. Um, yeah, I mean, we call it a comeback, but... You know, did he really retire? It was, you know, it felt like five minutes, really. But I think the signs were there. Uh, the European Q score, he was throwing some some good stuff. He, I mean, he, he lost a few games, of course, and didn't, you know, win one outright. But the signs were there. And, you know, he took a, took a bit of time to to get up to speed. I, I, listen, he, whatever this comeback is about, I, I hope it's for the right reasons. I mean, there's plenty of rumours out there that, you know, there's a big financial incentive, of course. The prize money uh, available is, is, is huge. Um, and I agree, I do worry that, you know, are, are we going to see a fully committed Barneveld that we've seen in, you know, 06, 07? That's, that's, that's the, the mental attitude we want from Barneveld. And, and I think he could go close. I don't... Uh, James Wade come up with some stick about, you know, his comment about where players, you know, where the game is right now. I think there's, and I don't mean this in a, in a negative way, there's no one really standing out because everybody just seems to be so good and it's very much a level playing field nowadays, which is why we're seeing titles shared around. I, I, I think Barneveld has every chance, um, but he has to remain, you know, 100% committed and dedicated to the task. If he's If he's just coming back for a pound note, then... Will obviously see his priorities change, and you know he will be off when. I mean, I don't think exhibitions will ever be back uh, like they were. I don't. Uh, well, not ever, but certainly not in the next couple of years. I think um, mainstream media has played their part in putting the fear of God in people, and and I'm not sure that environment uh, will return. I hope I'm wrong, um, but I'm not sure. 
and in turn, if you're not going to get the numbers in, you you can't. That these players can't demand the money. You know, some of the guys were getting five, six, seven, eight thousand pounds a night. Um, I don't think that's going to be there anymore. So I think the incentive for Barneveld may well be, um, you know, dedicating himself to to picking up money that's available on tour. You know, was it over sixteen million in prize money? So, and we know he's going to get invited to all the World Series events and and everything else. And no <laughs> doubt we'll be we're in for a sniff for. Um, for um, Premier League next year. And I mean, I know I, I, I listened to, I think, Barry's interview about that. It was never even considered him being in the Premier League. Yeah, whatever, Barry. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask that, Chris. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I didn't... If the Masters hadn't played out the way it did, we all know he was in contention. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, as, I wasn't as, saying as he was in or... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, I, I wasn't saying he was he was in or or definitely in or whatever, but, you know, I just, me and Barzi had a chat about it and we sort of both smiled at each other and said they, they, they would, wouldn't they? Um, and listen, Barry has told us on numerous occasions it's a, it's a commercial exercise and that's it. Um and there would have been nothing bigger than than Barnavel being in it, unless we had a new winner at the Masters, which we did, Johnny Clayton, and he he takes his place, which which is great. I'm disappointed that they're starting early, and I think nine of them behind closed doors. And I know logistically it was a nightmare to push it back, but fingers crossed. Um, well, my my fingers are crossed for for the World Match Play when we see uh, a proper crowd back, and that that would be fantastic, especially for the players and. Uh, and and especially for the PDC, I mean, you know, uh, God knows how many millions they've they've spent already of their uh, their own coffers. I know. Listen, broadcast rights isn't a fortune for darts, um, you know, and it all comes from sponsors, and the rest of it's made up with the massive crowds they get at these venues, and especially the Premier League. So, you know, I know it's been said before, and the players have said it. I just want to echo it. Fair play to them. They. They they run a very tight ship and a and a business that runs smooth like a Rolex and that's why they had the the coffers um, you know or maybe they got a bit of advice from Des. They're going to get the still the world championship trophy back from Gerwin Price. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, has um, he been speak, to, has he been well, to Japan yet? Yeah, he can't get a flight. <laughs> I've Not heard essential. that. It's an essential yeah. journey. It's an essential journey, I've heard. Hey. Yeah, <laughs> you can't speak even get to this, so well. <laughs> this goes hand in hand because we've got Alan Suter in the chat room as well. Um, we're going to talk about new tour card holders, and Soup says, I must have upset someone in the PDC with these draws, surely, Phil. But what a start to his yeah. PC career he's had. Yeah, I think he was the second most successful of all the the new card holders. Um, played some brilliant darts. No, I've known Suits for for a long time. A, a great player, and it's great to see him making that that transition across. And of course, he drew Barneveld um, in in the UK Open, which would be a a rematch. I think it was the quarter final on the day that that Ray won. So. Um, I'm not, I think that's a bit fortunate for Ray because if if 
if they've not met before, it might have been a, a big surprise for Barneveld of what he would have been up against. But um, in the other sense, at least Suits has had a game against him. And, uh, well, he is on fire right now, Barneveld. And, of course, no better man than a fireman to put him out. So, yeah, it's, um, that's a that's a tasty draw. I'm, 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 I presume that, well, I know, well, I don't know, but that one will be on the main stage, I'm sure, because they're, it's a, it's a cracking match, and of course, um, they'll be they'll be pandering to um, RVB, of course. Well, did, did you know what interest, I someone asked Chris, Chris, mate? Oh, go, 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 PB, go, PB. What's that? You, you go, you go, you go, PB. You go, PB. I was just going to say, someone asks, do you, are ITV and um, PC work out the main stage together, or is it one has the final say, Mace? Um, Diplomatically. <laughs> now, now you're yeah, asking the questions, Phil, aren't you? There we go. Yeah. Welcome to the show, Chris. I do actually like my. I do like my job. No, it basically the it goes down to the uh, Graham Ferris, the, the tournament director, and Matt Porter. You know, they listen. They, they'll look at what what's the most attractive for the viewers, and you know, we've more so got to, got to be careful because. You know, we we don't have a crowd in, so um, yeah, everyone's going to be watching at home. So, listen, it it has been hard on some players, but you know, ultimately, it, it's a, it's a huge match and it's a huge talking point. It's it's big news right now. So, yeah, I mean, more often than not, they get it right. Um, there's a few times where I've sort of, you know, had a had a sort of strange look at it, but it is what it is. They do try and share it around as much as possible. Um, but sometimes it, it picks itself. Um, you know, they, they say to us, right, this is what, what we're, what we're picking. Uh, I'm pretty sure as, as the broadcaster, if they, you know, had any kind of disagreement, they would say, well, hang on, can we not do this? Which is, which is why we always have that great option of bringing a game in that, that could be on stage two. But, um, yeah, I believe stage two is going to be streamed live on uh, PDC TV. And, of course, they drop the odd match into um, their social media. So, yeah, uh, I mean, I would have thought that one would be on the main stage. I mean, there's so, there's so many good draws. I mean, Mernon, Denon, Mernon's been playing. I mean, he started off he started off having a bit of a mare, didn't he? And he, he seems to have come good all of a sudden. He's playing against Denon. I think a great draw for Ashton is Beanie. Beanie and Ashton, I think that's uh, you know that that's a great draw for for both of them. Um, but my pick, my pick is Ross Smith against Callan Rids. I think that's going to be a great game. Such a good game, such a good game. I, yeah, I was going to ask so Chris. Much, well, so much to like well, about both. While we've got you here, obviously we we all know what it's like when we go down to Minehead. It is possibly my favourite weekend of the year, the UK Open. For me, it's by far and away my favourite tournament. Yes, the match play is special, but the UK Open is by far and away my favourite tournament of the lot. And I will be singing its praises all weekend here behind Dart uh, throughout the while we do the coverage uh, to compliment that you guys the fantastic coverage that you guys will do on ITV4 what can we expect differently from you guys this year because obviously you're normally uh, on the main stage in that incredible arena in Minehead where stage two's on PDC TV and then you're sort of upstairs in in the bunker as Ned calls it up in centre stage 
on boards three to eight. What can we expect differently this year from ITV's coverage when it's all, from what we're hearing at least, all going to be in one room like it's back at the Reebok? Well, you know more than me. <laughs> um, yeah, I've not. I've not... Um, yeah, but obviously because it's because it's a new venue. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I suppose when you look at when you look at it, I mean, they do have a big ballroom area at Milton Keynes. Um, but what a great idea! Why not? Why not? There's enough room in there. I suppose it create a, a bit more atmosphere for the players. Uh, which would be great, you know, as, as from a from a TV point of view, it'll, it'll, you know, it keep us on our toes. Uh, like I say, me and me and Ned usually cl- cover the the multi board room when I'm not in comms. So um, yeah, I I will um, I will find out on Thursday, no doubt, when I get there and um, have my COVID test. Um, logistical nightmare again this one because literally everybody. The only way they would let this one go ahead is if everybody was tested. Um, uh, which is happening on very early, uh, well, late Wednesday and early Thursday morning. So, uh, yeah, with with players and and, and PDC staff and uh, the ITV crew, it's uh, in excess of 200 people. So it's yeah, it's going to be fairly manic. I uh, was hoping that we wouldn't have to wear a mask if we were all tested, but we still have to. That's probably for another. That's for another um, <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, ITV are usually pretty good with with coming up with, you know, coming up with something fresh. So, so I'm sure they've got plenty of ideas in mind. But it's day day one and, and day two is fairly manic. Uh, there is so much going on. So uh, normally it's it's it sort of just flows and um, you know we just we just go with what's going on. But uh, yeah, I'm sure they've got plenty of stuff and and hopefully, I mean. For me, I'd love it to have an extra day because we're sort of robbed of, of some stories and, you know, interviewing guys that are making their debut or playing in their first UK. It would be nice to sort of get them up and have a chat. We used to we used to try and squeeze that in years ago, but um, it's not possible because it's crammed into three manic double sessions, as, as I'm sure Barzi would tell you. It's uh, literally people go, oh, come and say hello. We've got literally no chance. I am literally running from <laughs> uh, from from the main stage up to stage two and then into the multi-room. It's it, it's fairly full on. But a great tournament yeah, to do. Have, One of, it, it, there's to there's two, two tournaments I go to as as a fan. Um, one of them's a match play and one of them's the UK Open. I think it's great. Answers, Chris. Ten points. It's almost like you've ten, listened ten, to us before. Ten online dark points. It's almost... It's all... <laughs> It's almost like you've listened to us before with that. <laughs> that will go down very well on the um, show. Um, <laughs> so let's look ahead a bit to the year ahead. We mentioned how much money's in the game at the minute. We've got three players currently on over a million pound on the order of merit. But the assessment from the Masters, from the Super Series so far, is that those guys probably aren't carrying the form that would suggest they're going to go on and dominate the game like we've seen before. We're we heading for a bit of a limbo period where we're in for, well, we've got three players over a million, which is absolutely unheard of, but also we're in for a period where absolutely anybody can win anything. And if one of those big three don't win the UK Open this weekend, does that just open the floodgates for everyone else? 
Yeah, I think so. It's a great point. Um, I don't think we'll have, I don't, I personally don't think we'll have anybody dominate in the way that sort of Barna, um, Taylor did and uh, MVG. I mean, Barnavald, as good as he was, um, you know, he did have his success, but ultimately Taylor still managed to dominate and then find another gear. And then, you know, there's very little statistically between um, MVG and Taylor, really, when you look, you know, they're, they're very, very top game. They were very closely matched uh, in terms of numbers and everybody else was probably 10 points behind. Um, where now, I don't think, you know, like going back to what James Wade said, there's, there's no one hitting those heights that, that we saw from Taylor and MVG, but they're, they've sort of all caught up to this sort of level just under it. Um, is there anybody that can uh, do a do a Taylor and MVG? I'm not sure. I think pretty much majority of the players there at the moment are finished articles. So I can't see, you know, could, could I mean, someone like Joe Cullen, we've seen him hit astronomical averages, you know, in Euro tours and on pro tours. Um but can he take that uh, onto onto the TV games and then hold it across? You know, only 12 months ago, with the new darts, MVG averaged 105 for the tournament and was outstanding in winning the UK Open. Um, and he's he's not been able to to replicate that. Maybe uh, the players' champs. It was just just off of that. But then in between it, he he was ordinary. He would probably be a bit offensive, but just nowhere near his is outrageous best. I just think there's now a group of maybe 10 to 16 players that are all capable of beating each other on any on any, any given day. Uh, it makes great TV. It's great for the fans. Um, you know, the, the ever-present bookies that continue to sponsor the events absolutely love it because, you know, they're, they're, they're coining it in. Um, but yeah, I just think it, I think it's great for the players. I think, you know, there's players there that genuinely believe um, that if they get a bit of luck, which you're going to need along the way. You know, the days, the days I think of one player coming along and literally just blitz in the field. Uh, even as good as MVG was a year ago, you know, Pricey ran ran him extremely close. We've seen him be run close by Merv King. Um, so, yeah, it's, I just don't, I don't think. You know, have we seen the best of Michael Smith? Absolutely. You know, is, is there a player that for either of you three, you think can, you know, start it in, in those ridiculous heights that we've seen we've seen before? Um, I'm There's interested to see. You touched to mind. Yeah, earlier the, the the one that I'd like to see, and if he can do it consistently, I think he's arguably a top eight player, if not above that, is Joe Cullen, because his ceiling is so high, but needs to bring the floor up to, to the ceiling. And the one that I'm really intrigued to see his career grow, and Jar will probably agree with it, is Callum Ritz. What a future that boy yeah. has got. There's two of the yeah, names, I'm, that, I'm there's two of the names that spring to mind. There's two of the names that spring to mind as well, uh, Chris, I should say. Sorry to interrupt there. That It's, to me, the ferret as we talked about, the way that he's progressing and the way that he's improving, it can only continue to grow. And what I'm going to throw in there, and we'll, if he's more consistent in tournaments, 
he will he he could potentially do that because of the way he was hitting the one eighties. And I think I saw someone. It was Dan Short in our chat room said the same. Dirk van Dijvenbode hitting the most one eighties in the Super Series. If he continues to score well as he does and improve on that double, he could easily easily join that top echelon of players, the top eight players. Yeah, he's a he's an incredible story because he was just you know a, n- another one of the you know another one of those lads that a quick thrower who was who had no B game at all, didn't even have a C game. Um, he, I mean, he was talented. We, you know, every sort of probably for a couple of weeks a year, we'd see something absolutely outrageous from him, and then he would go missing again. But yeah, he's whether it's he's more dedicated now and he's he's applied himself more. Um, but he, he, you know, he's he's throwing some incredible darts. He, he he reminds me a lot of Devin Peterson. You know, their their A games are, are absolutely phenomenal, but they neither have a B game. Um, and ultimately, what will find you out in a in a in a TV tournament without a bit of luck um, is your B game. You know, you you might get away with it now and again, but ultimately, the level of is is so good and so consistent and solid. You know, if you drop in that. 89 to 91 average, nine times out of 10, you're going to get blitzed. But yeah, I mean, Johnny Clayton's got the perfect attitude for darts. Um, I'm not sure if, if it's ever been mentioned, but he actually has a, he's a plaster. He's got a job. Um, just, <laughs> um, <laughs> comes up quite a lot. Um, but, but I think, I think that gives him a good work-life balance. Um and darts is not the be-all and end-all. So he plays with, with a lot of freedom. Um, and that works for him. And, you know, like to say, you know, if it ain't broke, um, you know, maybe you do two or three days a week or maybe you do what, you know, Price is doing and, and buy a few houses. Say a few, jeez. Um, buy a few houses and then, you know, work mm-hmm. on those a couple of days a week just to just to give him that 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 balance in his life. Because... You know, a lot can change. You get if you get used to working and throwing darts. You know, all the muscles involved and everything else. We've seen it so many times. People turning pro and you know, just not working out for them um, because then the emphasis is so much on results. Where for for Johnny Clayton, you know, irrelevant of what goes on over the weekend, win or lose, he goes back to work. Um, you know, no doubt there's going to be. You know, there's no there's no reason. The Masters proved it. There's no reason why he can't go on and win more titles. Um, you know, it'd be, be a bit bizarre picking up half a million pounds at the Worlds and then going back to work a week later. But there you go. Who knows? I, I, he's a lovely guy. Uh, you never hear anybody have a bad word to say about him. Um, and that's that's because, you know, he is a, he's an absolute top fella uh, and, a, and a great dart player and a, and, a, and a guy who's, you know, definitely top eight material. Chris, one from the chat room. They say, do you think the winner will come from the top three or outside the top three for the UK Open? Um, I don't know. I mean, the, the one that the one that worried me the most of, of all, probably the not so much Bryce. He had a reason, ear infection. Um, MVG didn't look like he was playing too bad. Peter Wright. What is he doing using them darts? They they are <laughs> woeful, and it's all right him. It's all right him thinking he can hit every double on the board. It's no good if you're not scoring well enough to get to a double, is it? Um, 
I mean, they need going in the bin. I just, you know, I've said before, I'm, I, won't, I don't even mention it in comms anymore because I'm just bored and it's just, you know, it's just standard with him. You just know <laughs> what's, he's going to come up and throw with something dark. Um, but he's costing himself a lot of money. Um, uh, and to be honest, if I was, you know, if I was his, his manufacturer, I'd be absolutely fuming. Um, you know, years ago, you wouldn't never get away with it. I don't know why they're given so much freedom now. And listen, we know those the, the Euro grip ones, um, you know, he's absolutely mustered with them. But, the, you know, you, you keep doing it to yourself. I think it will affect his confidence in the end. I mean, he, he, he was woeful in that Players' Championship, wasn't he, losing to Murph King. And then, you know, slowly but surely, we've seen a few more of them type of performances being put in. Um, I think he needs to, listen, great dark player, world champion, everything else. But, you know, just why not give yourself every opportunity? I, it just baffles me. I think it already has to affect his confidence. He's changed so much over the last year. We saw him win the Masters and then get a little bit defensive, searching for perfection in a sport where it just does not exist. And it's almost as if he's very much a person that is, it's the equipment's fault, it's not my fault. I can find an extra 1% by changing to this barrel for this reason. It's so, he's overcomplicating the game so much. I think there are players that seriously underestimate that side of the game. I think there's, there's definitely uh, areas for people to take on more coaches, more uh, psychologists, and, and actually take the sport seriously. Nutrition, we're seeing the standard shape of a dark player no longer looks like me. There are a lot slimmer coming through. John Brown posted a really interesting photo. Uh, Steve Brown posted a really interesting photo on social media over the week where the youngsters coming through are, well, there's nothing to Bradley Brooks at all. It's the complete opposite of what you traditionally expect as the image of a dark player. Um, but yeah, for me, Peter Wright is he's done some possibly irreversible damage the way he's thrown at the minute. Yeah, well, the, everything's changed in the sport. Years ago, it was um, you know, the, you didn't, you had big gaps in, in between events and most of the events, you know, TV events, you play, you know, one match a day or you know, play one match and then have a couple of days off and everything else. But um, the schedule now, I don't, you know, and, and of course, back in our day, the, the only way we made money was exhibitions. So we were literally, you know, Wednesday night up in Leeds and then on, you know, eight pints of, of lager or whatever, a kebab on the way home or, or a Kentucky and then sleep, get up next day and you'd be off somewhere else, you know, and you're doing that three, four times a week, you know, you're, you're talking of a, you know, you're talking of, you know, a pound a week in weight going on. Well, over a couple of years, that's how a lot of players ended up so big. Um, but now the schedule and the demand on them, um, you know, you know, there is some big lads around, and they'll they'll, they'll do all right for a while. Um, you know, the, the the adrenaline and everything else will get them through. But um, you know, I I agree with I. I think if you listen, he, he he won the world championship, so the the ability side of him is is not up for for debate, you know. And, and you can say that for a lot of players, but then you got to think about the, the application. You know, you never you never see someone like, and I know he's come from another sport, but you never see someone like Gezi Price sort of out on his feet going, "Oh, oh I'm tired." Um, listen, if, if, give yourself every chance. Um, 
and that whether that comes down to you know the drinking or your diet or your lifestyle listen i made all the mistakes so i'm you know i'm 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 well placed to, to say it um you just got to give yourself every chance um and whether like i said it comes down to equipment or lifestyle or diet or um you know sleep even um yes it's, you just got i mean there's so much up for grabs now i mean i am not i'm not bitter i you know i'm i'm proud to have played a part in it and proud to have played in a couple of world championships you know in, in it. but you know god i wish we had this in our day it would have been it would have been unbelievable well, I guess yeah, 100%. Well, I presume, uh, Marcy, I presume we've only got a limited amount of time left uh, with, with Chris. Uh, so I'm just going to ask one from the chat room, which everybody has been asking pretty much. You, you can't get out of this, unfortunately, Mace. Who's going to win the 2021 Ladbrokes UK Open is the question that many are asking in the chat room. Cool. Thanks. Thanks for that. Oh my goodness! That's all right, mate. We we have we have, we've, we've got to do something you, here, so why not? We'll throw it down. That's why you get paid the big bucks, Chris. <laughs> I do, I do. That is true. That is true. Um... <laughs> pretty, pretty true. I get I get paid more than anybody else. I, I made sure I make sure of that. Yeah. Um... Yeah. <laughs> Good man. I think the wardrobe proves I, I, that as well, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Jeez. Um, I, I, I actually think I actually think Johnny Clayton is playing so well right now, and he's playing with such freedom and confidence. Um, and of course, you're coming. It's going to be over the longer distance. Um, I don't want to jinx it. I absolutely love him to bits, and you know I am the absolute jinx when it comes to this. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think Johnny Clayton will will if not win it, go very close. Um, and and Wadey, you know, we know he does this. He goes missing, and all of a sudden, just pops out of nowhere and uh, and, and nicks one. Um, so yeah, Wadey for an outsider, Clayton uh, for um, a proven recent winner, and in great form. Mace, absolute pleasure to have you on, mate, for 25 minutes or so, picking your brain. Can't wait to see you on ITV over the weekend, mate, and I should drop your WhatsApp, as always, to let you know what's going on, mate. Massive thank you. Yeah, look forward to Cheers, seeing Chris. you all at an, uh, an event when, when, we're, when we're allowed back out to play. But absolutely, great for it, lads. I love the show. You know, I, uh, I'm always tuning in. Cheers, buddy. Thank Cheers. you very much. Appreciate that, mate. Take care. And if, like magic, ladies and gentlemen, from Chris Mason, we go to the queen of ITV dark coverage. It is Jackie Oakley. Jackie, thanks for joining us. We know you've got a busy evening. How are you? Hey, well, thank you very much. How are you all doing? Very well. Great Cheers to have you on, on Jackie. We really get you on. It's been, we we we're dying to get you on, and obviously, this is the perfect time. Uh, as we build up to the first ranking event on TV of the year, the Labrooks UK Open, normally, of course, in the fantastic big top in Minehead and that incredible view that you guys get. 
of the main stage. How different, we were asking Maesters, how different is it going to look for us as viewers this time round uh, when, uh, when, we, when we get back to underway at 12 o'clock GMT Friday afternoon? Yeah, well, it is going to be different. Of course it is. No crowd, unfortunately. But it's going to be a case of making the very best of the situation we're in. And that does mean everybody being in one venue, in one arena. So just that main hall that we had the Masters in uh, just, God, a few weeks ago, wasn't it? It doesn't feel very long ago at all. Um, so obviously you're going to have oh. the main stage. It's still the main stage. You're going to have John McDonald doing his thing into the microphone, but that's not going to be broadcast to the auditorium. And then you're going to have the separate boards. So as you looked at the main stage where the Masters was, what if you saw or remember from the pictures, hanging up was the previous winners, the names and pictures of the previous winners. So as you're looking at the stage to the right, this time that's going to be a wall of cameras. So you're not going to see that wall as such. That's going to be looking out onto the main auditorium. The cameras will have the board to the right. Our uh, presenting area is going to be in the middle of the room. And then at the back of the auditorium, you're going to have uh, stage two. And then you're going to have the rest of the boards along the area where we had our presenting stage. If that makes any sense, you'd have to remember our coverage last time around. So basically, it's going to be very similar to how it was in Bolton, which is going to suit a lot of people, probably Barney in particular. Um, and then so we're going to be right in the middle and we're going to have access to to people. We're going to get as many interviews as we can. Of course, we'll have Ned there as well. So Ned and Mace, as you know, normally, um, or was at times, but in the different room. They're not going to be in a different room. We're all going to be under one roof. Uh, there are no zones this time. So I know as Mace was saying, we're all having COVID tests. So that means we don't have areas just for players and then for broadcasters, and then we wouldn't see the PDC staff. This time we're all going to be together, socially distanced, um, but we're all going to be able to see each other. And then on one of the balconies, there'll be one of the practice areas. And then downstairs where our production office was, right at the back of the auditorium to the corner will be one of the other practice areas. So the guys who are up on the balcony at the back of the auditorium will be able to practice whilst looking over the top and seeing how it all works. But in terms of the walk-ons, etc., that's all going to go out via the microphone to the TV, as are the 180 out uh, from the referees. That's all going to go out on the TV. And you're only going to hear the non-amplified sounds in the auditorium. Does that make any sense? Jack? Yeah, Jackie Oatley I've there been, doing a fantastic on. impression of Paul Hicks. <laughs> Jackie Oatley doing the best impression of Paul Hicks that we've ever heard on the uh, on on the on the online dark side. And uh, Jackie as well, got to say thank you so much. You're basically the exclusive at this point of how look it sounds genuinely unbelievable. And like you say, but back in Bolton, yeah, it's a shame we're not in Minehead, and we're a shame we're not. In the bunker, as Ned always lovely calls it on ITV4, uh, top on the multi-board room, my favourite room in all of darts, the multi-board room. But it sounds incredible. It's going to be brilliant. Honestly, I can't wait. I mean, there's no point in talking about the lack of fans because we know it's upsetting. We know it's devastating, but I'm massively a glass half full person. And we have to see it as an opportunity that even though we'd much rather fans were there, they would much rather they were there. They can't be. So the next best thing that we can do is to still bring all the stories. Because for me, as a journalist and as a darts lover, I care about the stories. I want to know 
not just the results, but who's won by what scoreline, who's won out in the final dart, deciding leg, what have you, but also about the people. And even though we don't have the Riley's qualifiers, unfortunately, this year, we're still going to have stories. We're still going to have people who we don't get to see uh, tournament by tournament. They're not so much the, the main faces that we see on the main stages every time. They're going to be people unfamiliar to the majority of the audience. And we're going to talk to them. We're going to find out what they do for a living. We're going to find out what they've given up in their careers, if they just want to talk hard, all the rest of it, how it's going to change their lives. And we want to try and bring that across um, using the uh, the medium of television to try and tell those stories and and work out who on earth is going to win this thing, because frankly, nobody knows. And that's the joy of it. Jackie, you left one important thing off of that list, though. Also, which players have upset other players? You know that tells a story as well. <laughs> yeah, they're always stories. Yes, yes. I think we can't always say, which I always find difficult to <laughs> try to mask. Because I like to as honest as possible. But, um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, we'll try. We'll try and bring you as much as we possibly can about about what happens. And there are always stories. That's why I absolutely love working on the darts. It's never straightforward. No tournaments are even vaguely similar. That there's always something that comes out of it that's different to the last one or the previous year, and um, and you just don't know going into it who's going to emerge. There's normally a name that's come from the pack that we haven't really heard too much of in the past. Maybe hasn't done anything on TV before, who will come and make a real name for themselves and hopefully take that on into the next tournament and into the future going forward. So we want to be there. We want to bring you those stories and. Um, and uh, and enjoy every minute of it. On the one bit there, it's an, obviously I understand why it can't be done, but has the tournament lost just a little bit of gloss with no amateurs this year? I, we understand the reasons why, but has it just tightened it a little bit? I guess so, to a certain extent, but I just think there's not much point in dwelling on things that we can't do. I mean, in our normal lives, we could sit here every day and go, oh, I wish I could do this, I wish I could do but then after a while, it gets a bit dull, doesn't it? And you just focus on what you can do. You can go out and meet a mate and do some exercise in the park. Do you see what I mean? It's a similar thing with, with these yeah. dance tournaments. If, we, if we're if you know, if we negative about, oh, I wish we could do this, I wish the fans were in and, and we dwell on it, then it would be seen as a downer. But I, I see these things as a massive opportunity. Yes, of course, we'd much rather have people going to the different Riley's qualifiers around the country much prefer that we love it the red shirts the stories the you know the rob crosses the big man barry lynn you know all of those stories we absolutely love it love seeing paul hogan normally um when he comes through but that's that's just the way it is and you just hope that it's an opportunity for these other players who maybe wouldn't be in otherwise it's an opportunity for them to get on the television and you know if they can win a couple of rounds win a bit of money as a result and and you don't know what that could do for them in terms of a springboard, perhaps to initially some sponsorship, um, getting them into other tournaments and making a name for themselves and, and and really emerging and maybe giving themselves some confidence, giving themselves a real platform for the rest of their careers. Yeah, massively. I want to talk about how difficult it is to be the lead broadcaster at this event because we've been there to cover it as media. Me and Jar worked as a team last year. Thank you for getting us up on your gantry as well. That's a spectacular view. I absolutely love that. Um, how difficult is <laughs> it to keep up with everything that's going on in this event? Because there's eight boards going on, it's slightly easier than the Players' Championship, I guess, where there's just two boards and you can sort of see the draw pre-coming, but you've got to 
get all the stories ready as quickly as possible as soon as the draw sets it up per round. You've got to know who the big surprises are, who the big shocks are, where the stories are coming from all at once. And secondly, how much you're going to miss standing in front of that sea in the pissing rain doing the pre-TV bit this year. <laughs> oh mate! Oh, you are I still, I still can't believe they sent you out there for that. Right. Let me let you into a little secret. Our producer Phil Heslop has a reputation amongst oh, me um, for <laughs> for being the meanest producer for always sending me out somewhere where it's windy, rainy. And in my head, it's virtually always windy and rainy. I mean, it's it's hardly ever been calm. Even if it's even if it's sunny on occasions, it's still going to be gale force winds or something or absolutely freezing. I'm usually there in a, a big hoodie and, and, um, and going into the first morning and then the second morning, it's a case of, what time are we meeting up tomorrow, Heza? And he'll say, I'll get you in for a nice early record down on the beach or somewhere freezing and, and windy. And I don't know if you remember that one a couple of years ago, we went round the bay area, yes. you know, the one where my umbrella went flying. And uh, yes. it was actually quite fun. Yeah. It, it was actually quite fun, but I was literally, I was like Mary Poppins being lifted off my feet by this <laughs> umbrella. It was, and I was about to go on air as well. Poor, poor um, oh, I think, who was it? I think it was Susie that did my hair that day. And uh, she just spent ages doing hair and makeup, and she's got a big job at the best of times. And, and then, of course, everything was like, and then we had to whiz back around the bay and get back inside. So, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure Phil will find some way to send us somewhere um, freezing and cold, and it'll stick the shower on or something and make me do it in there. Um, but, um, yeah, but what was the first question? It was ages ago. How difficult is it to keep up when you're leading the show like you yes. are with all the stories That's and all stuff, so much information coming in at once? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, this is where being a mum and multitasking with two young children, especially homeschooling at the moment, <laughs> my God. That's, that's where it comes in handy because that experience of just juggling and spinning one plate and spinning another. And so anyone who knows me knows I'm a, a bit of a gadget queen. I always have, I've got three, four Apple gadgets on this desk where I'm talking to you from because I like information available to me at the drop of a hat. So we would have, um, obviously I'd have the main board behind me. I'd have a screen in front of me with the output. That's have another screen with the stats and then I'd have another screen um, somewhere very close by in vision that I'd be able to see board two. And then I'd have one of my screens, another laptop or an iPad with um, live dots data or dark connect or whatever it is at the time that, that's showing the latest um, stats of the other boards. And then it's just a case of having a document that I've made in advance with all the who's playing who and who could play, well, potentially who, who would play uh, who next if we know that far um, and then updating that and then making copious notes on checkouts and key moments in each match so I keep a tally all the way through so I've basically got stats and screens everywhere and, and then I have a dialogue in my ear also with the producer although actually we do it more on whatsapp so we don't get in the director's ear when we're talking to each other down the microphone too much um, but there's a lot of um, darting exchanges going on as to who's doing what and where and what might be a good story and, and there could be a you know nine data somewhere to keep an eye on just in case it gets that far um so i think a lot of it's being prepared in advance doing a lot of prep in advance to know um 
if somebody beats Onzo, that we need to keep an eye out for that and um, what they did at this stage last year or the next stage and what have you. But yeah, just lots of facts. And then I can refer to them easily when it comes then to the chats with the lads. I like to have information to hand that I can refer quickly back to to make sure that we're covering um, every scenario and every talking point because I hate missing a good talking point. So I want to make sure that we get the best talking points in because that for me is the best bit. Watching darts is great and enjoyable, but then my part really is to get the best out of the pundits in between or to think on, but with the, the most relevant information so that um, so that we're doing the people watching the best service possible and, and providing them with, with what they want so they can enjoy it as much as possible. That's my sanity. <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. I'd I'd say this though about you, you talk about the being able to bring it all together and you do that. And I'm not just saying this because you're here. You do that excellently, and I've said that for years. My my point is this about how different a broadcast is it to Sky, as it were. Because yes, Sky we we know is a very uh, darts heavy audience because if you're paying for Sky, you're paying to watch the darts, you want to be able to watch the darts. Whereas with ITV. Whilst obviously you have the darts fans on there, you tend to have a more casual viewer, I'd say probably, because you they're available on a free to air broadcaster. So, it, it does the is it more? Do you think it's more challenging being in that sort of space where you've got to try and present to everybody? Because I always make and this is probably my also bad form is the sense that the, the Rob Cross match against MBG when. Uh, he hit the nine data against him. I always make a joke on Twitter when it gets mentioned. But then I think back to myself thinking, well, if I didn't know darts and I'd just come into it, that's actually quite an interesting stat that Rob Cross came through there. So do you find it more, let's say challenging, but do you find it more of a, a, more of a, a different audience that you're talking to because you potentially could have that casual darts viewer that then goes on and watches more events? Yeah, see, I'm really, really conscious of that. And I always say that to the lads. And, and I know um, I mean, they're, they're so good, Mason was, that they're, they're so, so good at what they do. And they know that anyway. But quite often, I'll, I'll sort of say to them just before we go on air, after we've just watched something brilliant or whatever, I quite often say just before we go on, or especially at the start of an event or the start of a session, I'll say to them, don't assume too much knowledge. And that might mean about darts in general, because we want to try to grow the audience. We want to have as big an audience as possible. We want as many people to enjoy the coverage and we want them to come back because it's such a great sport and there are so many stories. And I keep coming back to stories because so much of it is about people and um, whether it's how well they've done in darts before, whether it's what darts has offered to them. Um, and I think that's what draws people in a lot of the time. Um, the diehard statos are there anyway, and they often know a lot of the stuff. You like analyze and you watch everything and you're aware of everything, but you are doing uh, providing great service in what you do. Um, but yes, I do try to very much broaden it out as much as possible to say if my mum was watching or... Um, you know, general sports fans or somebody that's fallen asleep on the sofa and woken up and the darts is on. We don't want them to turn over. We want <laughs> them to enjoy it because there are often some great matches and we want them to to really be drawn in. So, so yeah, so quite often, even if, especially if maybe if something technical, um, if there's something quite interesting about a player's throw, then I think it's really good to get Chris and, um, and Alan um, to maybe explain, A, for the people, who are diehards because we want them to really enjoy the coverage we want them to get something out of it that they perhaps didn't know before 
but also absolutely for the people who are casual viewers who generally like sport or you know quite like darts and might play a bit but actually they don't know too much about you know a throw so when Chris talks about you know aimers versus rhythm players for example all that stuff's quite interesting to people who maybe hadn't really thought that through before and so for me personally I love it when we get a bit of time to chat that's that's my favorite bit so you know sometimes at the end of a tournament you might think bloody hell they just talk for 20 minutes and um, there's usually a filler in there that the producer or somebody's very kindly by for seven minutes or so and quite often I'll go don't worry about that let's just carry on because I always think that during the course of a tournament you don't really get enough time to reflect and to analyze and wherever possible I think it's great if we are able to then let's go back to that particular subject and let's explore that in a bit more detail whether it's the psychological side of darts which I find absolutely fascinating whether it's you know coaching whether it's um, a certain player's um, throw and how it's evolved or whether it's a theme or how players are coping in lockdown and um, or whether it's traveling on European tours whatever it might be I think it's great when we get an opportunity to explore those further then it's, it's great to take them where possible. It's a really, really good insight. Obviously, we've got loads of fans in the chat room, Jackie, all saying what an amazing job you're doing. And this is a really good insight. They're really liking this. But there's also a lot saying, Jackie, we know you're a massive sports fan. Have you got a favourite dart player? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you know what? I am massively biased. Let me put it right out there in terms of who my favourite players are as to the ones who are the friendliest when I see them. That's it. Um, So on air, I don't have any bias, I'd like to point out. No bias in terms of asking questions and and talking about who's done what. But in terms of who I want to win, if I just happen to have bumped into them a few times and they're extra friendly, then it's really hard not to want them to to win unless they're playing somebody else who's equally as friendly. So um, a lot of the players I don't happen to bump into very often. Um, I bump into the smokers more than the others on our way out. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, favourite players, I'm just in terms of nice guys, it really is that simple. The ones that I, you know, end up chatting to, you know, Johnny Clayton, Nathan Aspinall's always super friendly. Um, that's it, Johnny Clayton. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think you were... No, no, I'm sure they're all, they're all very nice. They're all very. There's nobody that's not. Um, just just anybody that's just just lovely and chatty, and that's it really. Uh, but in terms of the action players, I like watching. If that's what you mean, um, I always like seeing Steve Beaton play. I always love watching Barney. It's just so smooth, and it's just you just kind of want to sit back on your on your nice comfy chair and just watch these players just just glide the dart into the board, and it's just beautiful to watch. So. Um, those kind of players I really enjoy. The, the rhythm players, as Mason called them. Yeah, Barney watching him play at the moment is absolutely super. Yeah, Barney watching Barney play at the moment is absolutely superb. I, I, I totally agree with you there, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> the boys will definitely tell me. <laughs> hey, you know, you know me on that one, one hundred percent. Again, a lot of people are asking the question that we're all going to try and answer in the next hour here on the Live Lounge. But before we let you go, and I appreciate the time that you've given us so greatly tonight, who do you think is going to lift that Labrooks UK Open trophy on Sunday night in Milton Keynes? Because I, because you've mentioned a player there already that has got a very, very good chance of doing it the way that he's playing at the moment. 
Yeah, do you know what? It, it's particularly hard picking a UK Open winner for flaming obvious reasons, isn't it? It really is. A, the number of um, players who enter, but B, that you know the open national draw and what have you. So if somebody gets a little bit lucky that some of the big guns meet each other and you know knock ten bells out of each other, and then uh, somebody else could go under the radar and sneak through. So I mean, you look at players like if they were to win a big one for the first time, maybe Joe Cullen could emerge. We have been saying it for a few years, but someone like that. I mean, Johnny Clayton's throwing just so well at the moment, and um, he's thriving particularly. In, Behind closed doors, you wonder how it's going to be again with the crowd. But he is, um, you know, he's obviously looking so good after the Masters and then doing so well um, recently too. Um, God, it comes through actually when it, I would have said Gerwin Price, but you don't know with it being an ear infection, how much that could infect, affect his balance. And obviously playing darts, that's a pretty important factor to put into the equation. MVG previously, you know, what was it for about the first three, four years or so when every single ITV tournament, which was just, that, I mean, that, just ridiculous. Like? I had this weird hoodoo. Yeah, I went through a phase of, uh, of seeing, yeah, I've seen every single Michael Van Gerwen match, not just the ones I was working on. I'd go as a fan as well um, to Sky Tournaments, like at the, um, you know, the Grand Slam and, uh, and elsewhere, and he'd win all those matches too. And I was thinking, literally, as soon as I clap eyes on this bloke, he can't lose. <laughs> um, and uh, I can quite believe uh, my eyes UK Open when, when Jeffrey Duzwan beat him. I was like, that has never just happened, I, you know, behind closed doors um, due to the snow, of course. Um, but, but obviously with his issues with his darts and his confidence, he's not somebody you'd want to be putting a lot of money on at the moment. But then I always, I always struggle to, to, to bet against MBG. Um so, God, if you want an answer, which you probably do, Peter Wright, I'm not sure at the moment. I'm sure we all do. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, I'd say Gerwin Price, if, if his balance is all right, if his ear infection's okay, I'd say Gerwin Price. But only he knows how, how, you know, how much he's struggling with that. Interesting. Very interesting. Thank you. I just thought you got... Not very interesting. So, not really. You probably wanted somebody else. You probably wanted to. No, know, do you know what? I, I assume he's doing really well with his knee now. So maybe didn't he? I, I assumed you'd have gone. I'd assumed he'd gone Johnny with the way that he's playing at the moment because he's gone into fourth favourite with the yeah. to one from, from coming in at that, from where he was. That's yeah. a that's a big shift. Yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely, and um, yeah, it could well be Johnny. It'd be mad if he was to win in a row, wouldn't it? Especially this one. I mean, the nature of this one is absolutely enormous. But but why not? There's nobody else in, in better form, really, you could argue. So absolutely could well be Johnny. Somebody Welsh, how's that? <laughs> on St. David's Day as well. You've made the Welsh happy. Haven't they made, you've made them happy. <laughs> oh, I've <flaming laughs> the accent, so I'd be more than happy to hear more, more post-match Welsh interviews, please. I absolutely love it. Uh, Jackie, thank you so, so much for taking time out on this Monday evening. We know you're absolutely hectic with everything with the kids and all the other jobs you've got going on. So thank you very much for taking half an hour or so with us. We massively appreciate it here at Online Darts. No, it's my absolute pleasure. I love listening to you guys. You do a brilliant job. 
So, uh, so thank you so much for the output. I used to, uh, I used to have a good old whinge when I went to um, to our darts tournaments. And I used to say to people like Dan Dawson and to Chris Mason, I was like, why are people not making darts podcasts? What's going on? I come into tournaments. You know, I, I work in football and other sports. I have podcasts in my ears the whole time, and there wasn't really anything to listen to in darts for the first couple of years. So now, can't complain about that. Now, there's so much content now. It's wonderful. So uh, keep up the good work. Cheers, Jackie. Thank you very much, and have a great weekend. Thank you. Bye. There we have it, ladies and gentlemen. The first hour of the show is all over with great insight there from Mace and Jackie. Massive thank you to both of them for taking the time out in the chat room. Absolutely amazing, and it looks like they loved it as well. But this is where the show descends into absolute chaos. We've been sensible for an hour when we have guests on. <laughs> now. That's the watershed now as well. I wonder why we did it this way around. You yes. know. You know the rules. <laughs> <laughs> the next hour is going to be fun, isn't it? Oh, right, we'll continue on the UK Open thing. We'll come back to the Super Series because I feel... We're in a UK Open mood. The chat room's in a UK Open mood here as well. And by the way, so we should stress, should stress. Sorry to everybody in the chat room who's asking questions and all that sort of stuff. Genuinely, we, we we tried to get through as many as we could. We saw them in there. We just literally hadn't had the time. But I really appreciate you sticking with us, guys. The next hour is just going to be me trying to save face. So this is going to be a very oh, don't worry. time. Don't worry. We, we we've got time for that. No matter what happens, we have got time for that. Don't worry. We've been plotting and planning this. Um, so, so, so much so that I've even got this ready for oh, later. Do you know what? Should we get on with this now? Shall we get on with this now? No, no we're in a UK Open mood, so we'll stick with the stick with the UK Open. And I've just got to tee up the right graphic. Um, thank you, Lou. Thanks, or- Lewis. <laughs> Josh or, 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 or Jimmy oh, wrong one yeah I'm, I'm not sure no, he's back again I'm not, I'm not he's sure. back again I'm not sure who made it he's got the alert but but you could you, you could have had a round one one as well for me yes there is it's in the whatsapp I sent There's you a earlier graphic <laughs> I, just, I, I, I just went on their twitter and it wasn't there <laughs> It was on the same thread, Phil. It was mm. definitely on the same thread. Anyway, all screenshotted well, from the same page. <laughs> 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 Deary me. All right. A solid weekend. Afternoon working. <laughs> as it is. Uh, by the way, someone's asking, someone's asking what I'm drinking. Someone's asking what I'm drinking. It's, it's a very cool. Fanta Orange Zero, other soft drinks are available. It's called Humble Pie Liquidized. Hey! Oh, don't you worry, it's not. It's not, <laughs> but I will uh, but I will explain why in the oh. next hour in the next hour. Right, gents. Yeah, we are going straight into it. The UK Open is here, it's on the horizon. And it is going to be an absolute belter by the sounds of it. Chris and Jackie talking through. I can't wait. Genuinely can't wait. Um, we haven't got them all up on screen, but there are some round one games. So we'll start with the round ones. And, of course, I've got Wikipedia up. 
standard procedure. Um, so, <laughs> so from I'm the round one by game, a couple. yeah, from, from the round yeah. one games, which ones jump out at you? And again, in the chat room, get involved. Out of the round one games, which ones are you looking at and going, hmm, I like this? Would you want me to go first while I I have a look at it? On social media, I literally um, tweeted earlier, Barney versus Suter. That is it. And I literally have not consumed any more of the draw other than knowing that it is Aaron Beanie versus Lisa Ashton. I sort of passed over it. I was like, yeah, there's a few names. But actually, looking at round one, there are some very, very intriguing matchups. 100%. There is some absolute belters. Luke Peters against Louis Williams is automatically. Yes, Luke Peters against Louis Williams is automatically drawing my eyes. That is excellent. Gert DeVos, Neil Zonneveld, that's a tough one. Um, Where else did I see? Adam Gawlas. Adam Gavlas against Dino Voss. Rusty Jake Rodriguez. (laughs) That's going to be good. That'll be good, that. And I also quite like the like of, do you know, I also look up Lurchbacker against Jim Williams. That could be a very tasty time. That part of the draw that's on the graphic, Gert Nenchez, Richie Burnett, John Brown, Gavin Carlin, Jake Jones, Dom Taylor. Dom Taylor's a very capable youth player. Zoran, Jim Williams, Gordon Mathers, Kirk Shepard. Oh, yes. It's a big game, isn't it? Shane McGurk, Jack That could be interesting. Mm. Yeah, Ruby John versus man Barry Van Peervy, Martin Schindler. That's a new tour game that's been played a million times. Yeah, um, Curtis. Yes, Lucas Vayner did look very dangerous at Q School at times. Mate, completely agree. And he's got Chaz Barstow. That could be an absolute mm. belter at round one as well. Yeah, um, like you'd expect Baggish to be up. You'd expect Baggish to be on the main stage um, after. Back of that, I don't maybe Adam Gavlas because he's a former youth finalist. I don't know. That's a good game. Maybe Jim Williams potentially, but I, I'd expect Baggish against Claydon to be on the main stage. There's no doubt about that for me. Yeah, and Gob, you'll know this as well. I'm guessing these two have met on the Challenge Tour plenty. Shane McGurk and Jack Main. They'd have done battle last year at some point. I reckon so. They must have. This is obviously Shane hit the nine data at. Q school as well. Jackers. I thought yeah. Jack equipped himself very well over the weekend just gone. Uh, lost out to yeah, Brighton on the day 6-4 in a good game. Um, again, I was going to back this up with what Chris Mason was saying earlier, but we were looking at the, the young players. He was looking at those players that haven't hit their peak yet, and he mentioned Callum Ridd and Dirk van Dijvenberg. And look, I know my development or career was, wasn't even a career, right? It was couple of weekends where I played absolute gash, right? I'm not at the same level as these boys whatsoever. Ah. But actually, in terms of looking at players that had consistent success on that development tour, Dirk van Dijvenberg was not one of them. Callum, no, great. a little bit more in recent times, but took him a lot longer to get going considering the ability that he's got. Jack Main is another one that falls into that category. In terms of relatively relative success on the development tour. These players have picked up Pro Tour or Tour cards and, and gone to a different level that way. And it's been really interesting to see. And there's plenty of youth guys in this field as well. I've just mentioned Dom Taylor, um, Damian Mole, 
Uh, who else was in this field? Uh, is it Sebastian Bielecki? He's the, he's a youngster, I think. Yeah. I'll tell so, you what as well. It's quite intriguing. Keelan Kay, Kevin McDine, Nathan Rafferty. He's back in the field. Good to see him back. Gert Nenchez, yeah, we all know I'm, what he can do. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, also as well, I've just seen it, that the winner of the Luke peters Louis Williams game plays Scott Mitchell in round two. What an absolute belter that is. <laughs> Scott Mitchell one day would nice get a nice draw. Yeah. His Q score draws yeah. were absolutely horrid as well. He's run into some tough fixtures not... on the Pro Tours, and now he's got this at the UK Open. Well, yeah. I was trying to see where he would get if he would get into round three. I'm just trying to find him at the moment. Keep keep talking. I'll find him where he gets. Oh, he's got John Worsley or Andrew Gilding to get through into round three, which is not a bad draw. You can, there are worse draws to get. Uh should we yeah. move on then? To, should we move on to the second round? Yeah, round two. I tell you what, well, there's some... is literally one game to talk about. There's one game. To yeah, talk that's about. it. And I think we've already mentioned well, that. It's, more... it's Barney v. Alan Suter. Yeah, look, that's, yeah, that, that's obviously a couple of others. That's that. That's the standout. I'll I'll, I'll give you that one. Um, however, there's a couple here brewing. Involving two Irish lads that again have caught my eye. Kieran Tian potentially could play Danny Baggish. And Kieran Tian at the weekend looked somewhere back to what we saw at the World Championships two years ago. Suffered with injuries a lot last year, but he looked really, really good again. And potentially, I hope Gert Enches doesn't win. I don't mean that horribly because everyone knows I love Richie Burnett. However, Keen Barry against Gert Enches, those two will have met plenty as well, Gob. Yeah, definitely. There's so many matchups now that we're just going to see repeated over and over and over again, whether it be from going deep at the development tour from these guys now meeting at uh, challenge tours or pro tours. Like the future of the game, we're going to know each other inside out. I think we're going to see less and less surprise packages, even if they're international players. No, there's so much information, so much knowledge out there now. There's so many people covering darts that literally is. I don't think we're ever going to get another Rob Cross. We're not going to get somebody come from absolutely nowhere and do what he did. Don't get me wrong, it's a, it's a ridiculous story anyway, and the fact that happened in the first place is mad. But I think coverage of the sport has moved on so much now, we will never see another one like that. We'll see people go on good runs. Louis Williams was the, was the Riley's qualifier from last year that had all the attention. Um but yeah, we're, we're never going to see it to that extent again. I'm absolutely convinced of it. I'm telling you one yeah. thing. I'm looking at this in the second in the second round, by the way, that I've only just noticed. And uh, Simon Lippett, you make a very, very good point in the chat room. Jeff Smith against Barry Van Peer or Martin Schindler in round two. What a tie that could be. Really looking forward to that. Yeah. Obviously, being against, being against Ashton is also a standout, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a second. Yeah. But we're going to go there now because the one that everyone has, their lips are just watering over this game. Alan Souter, man of the moment, that's come through Q School and taken to this like a duck to water, will play the five times champion of the world, Raymond Van Barneveld. And I think it's fair to say, gents, this is a, this is a tie 
that neither player would have wanted. Definitely. I, I think, Phil, without being respectful, that is a massive understatement. To play the way they did <laughs> in the first weekend, to accumulate the money they have, to get themselves both into the 96, the only two new tour card holders to do that, to then draw each other, without being disrespectful, they probably would have wanted to play every single other player entering in this round, barring a hand. Right. There are five or six players that I'm looking at going, actually, maybe I wouldn't really want to play him in comparison. Scott Wade, Scott Mitchell and the like. But Jesus, this is an absolute stinker draw for two men. It's going to be on telly. It, it's absolutely going to be televised. Yeah. It's going to be on the main stage. Don't expect anything else. No matter what combination of results come through, Raymond Van Barnemo's first game on TV since getting his tour card back is, is television material, as is Lisa Ashton, Aaron Beanie. Aaron's first game on the TV. That will be on the the women put bums on seats. We saw that last year when Fallon qualified and Lisa qualified. They were both on the main stage. Make absolutely no bugs about it. They're going to be on the main stage. Yeah, that, I think those will be the two round two games. They'll be the two round yeah. two games that definitely go on the main stage, 100%. I'm liking the look of Ryan Murray against Christoph Kachuk. That could be quite good as well. And one that's just taken my fancy, Nick Kenny against Ryan Meikle. That could be a little under-the-radar little edge there, that could be. Yeah. Then, obviously, we move into round three, and we've got ifs, buts, and maybes here. We've got a lot of ifs and a lot of who's and a lot of ours to, to, to go through. But, again, like we said in the last one, that they didn't want to draw each other. There's one game. Forget all the the possibilities and what could happen. Ross Smith against Callum Rids in round three. Again, that will be on TV. Yeah. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. The two of them are absolutely superb. I mean, it's good to see Ross Smith will have a certain logo on his, uh, on his chest on the, uh, on television, which I'm very, very looking forward to seeing that moment when uh, that logo is up on the on the TV for all to see, alongside Callan Ritz. Um, in all seriousness, though, uh, look, th- th- that game is the tastiest one because Callan Ritz, we've always talked about, his ceiling is so. <laughs> Callan so says he don't want to be on TV. He says he don't want <laughs> Callan, I did say I did say on Friday to the boys I said I hope that he watches this week because that way then he can have a go at God for that like, one time <laughs> for that one time before but we will come on to your talk your pro tour win in a minute and we will give you the congratulations you deserve uh, but Ross Smith against Callan Ridge is definitely I'm sorry mate you're going to be on TV for that one if you hadn't bloody won your TV title mate if you hadn't won your pro tour title you would have been on bloody television maybe so you've only got yourself to blame no uh, yeah. look, this is a, this is an interesting one I'm, I'm looking forward as well the winner of that Murray Kachuk game gets Kim Hybrex that could be up on the main stage as well and if King Barry does come through that second round tie against Luke Woodhouse that could be main stage material as well yeah Oh, I'll tell you what I do about the comp. Damon Head possibly playing David Evans if he gets through Stefan Seatman as well. A little bit of bias in that one as well. We do love Dave on the show as well. But yeah, that one's very, very interesting for me also. Yeah. Andy Bolton and Carson could be quite good. 
Yeah, and, and Yellow actually really impressed me at the weekend. There were sort of signs that maybe he's turned the corner because he was in a bit of a free fall in, in his career. And there were just just signs that Yellow yeah, could I mean, be. Barring, barring the world title for Yellow at a young age, him and Kim Hybrad seem to have had very, very similar PDC careers. They've peaked and gone up together and they've come back down together. We've seen Kim starting to rebuild a bit, change of manufacturer, change of management company. He looks very, very good again. His 180 hitting in particular over the weekend was was good in the games that I saw. Yellow was one that tinkered a lot of equipment on the back end of last year. And I think there was a brief period where Yellow switching his MO to tops instead of double 18 helped his game. And after that, it just tanked and he went looking for different equipment. I think he changed manufacturer or did a, a multi-manufacturer deal. So his, his darts were sort of co-made by Unicorn and Monster or Balls. I, I apologize, I can't remember which one it was. And he's been in a bit of trouble ever since. Been dropping down, hasn't found the range. He's, he's got such a weird action anyway that when it goes wrong, it goes very wrong. And yeah, like you said, the signs are there that he is on the way back up, along with Kim. It's like those two work in tandem. If one's down, the other one better watch over their shoulder. There's, yeah. there's a couple um, also that that's going. There's a couple that's also going under the radar that I've just had a quick look through the draw as well. Max Hoff against William O'Connor could be a good one if they can find their best form. That could be a really interesting game. And then I'm also looking forward to seeing Brendan Dolan because I think he didn't perform great the Super Series, but I think he's still obviously got the talent there. Coyvenhoven, Coltsoff, or Rusty Jake against Brendan Dolan. That would be a nice game there for that one. That could be a stage tour, potentially. But obviously, we don't know the uh, stages at the moment in time. That'll be confirmed at some stage by the PDC. They What they'll do is they will build up what they normally do is they... They normally have, is it about two round one games, two round two and two round three? They nearly split it evenly on the main stage, do they not, PB? Yes, it's normally, it's normally split. Um, before we go on to the seeds, um, Peter Wright in the chat room says, guys, did you see me knee beauties at the Super Series? They were interesting, Peter. I'll give you that one. Uh, are we going to see... <laughs> And are are we going to see them and the opening round of the UK Open is the question, or are we going to see something else? Um, But obviously, and then round four, the guns come in. This is where it gets interesting, but it's an open draw. No one is safe, as we saw last year when the reigning champion got the then world number one in their first round games. So the, the, the draw is absolutely huge um, for this. Obviously, we can't plot routes to the final, gentlemen, because it just doesn't happen. However, we're going to try. I would like to know who you think will be in the final. Obviously, this is draw depending, so we can get this very, very wrong. However, in, in true live lounge fashion, I would like your two finalists, gentlemen, and who do you think will be victorious? Christ. I don't mind going first if you want me to. 
please. I don't know why I'm surprised. I sat here laughing at Chris and I sat here laughing at Jackie as if they were shocked that we asked them that question. And now I'm sat here without an answer to it myself going, why are we doing this? <laughs> I can't, well, I'm going to go through the odds here, Barzi, from the, from the title sponsors, Labrooks. And I'm going to say this, that MVG's at four to one, Price at fives, Peter Wright at nine. Johnny Clayton, I'd said on the stream last time, he was at 14 to one that I got him. He's now coming to 10s. So he could easily start the Super Series th third favourite. Sorry, at the UK Open, excuse me, third favourite at the weight that he's going, with the way he's come in, even overnight. I'm surprised that Dimmy's at 16s. Very surprised that Dimmy's at 16s. Uh, you know, that's that's and all that sort of stuff. That's a, that's a bet I definitely would lay 100% if I was in that situation. Um, that's a swerve. I'm going to... Yeah, definitely. I'm going to say that we get a sort of under-the-radar final here, I think. I think that Johnny Clayton, he can't keep playing this well. He just can't. Like, don't get me wrong, he's great, but there comes a time. And I'm going to go with a final that may surprise a few people. I would have said Merv if it was six weeks ago, but it's not. But even though he does love an ITV tournament, there were signs back at the Super Series for me that Rob Cross is starting to get in a bit of form. Do I, do I go and say he's going to... Behave yourself. There was form. In, in, that, go in that popular soft drink of yours, what have you laced it with? <laughs> Honestly, I, I think there's... I think there's genuinely I'm not like, denying he I looked a lot better, but he's not about to pick up a major... Uh, hashtag what's a major gob? Um, yeah, I, I put the inverted brackets. Okay, so I'm going to say that at 33 to 1, James Wade is far too big a price. And I'm going to pick right. James Wade to be in the Labrador UK Open final where he meets. I want to say, I want to say Callan, not just because he's on the stream, but the fact that I really think that he's playing that well. Um, Mate, you just said he doesn't want to be on TV I, to win it. You've got to be on TV at least three times. Yeah, uh, Paddy's asked what price is Hetter. That's he's at thirty threes as well, which I think uh, I don't know if that's too big a price. I'm not too sure, but I think James Wade at thirty threes is. So I would back him each way one hundred percent. And I'm gonna go and pick. I hate to do this. I don't want to do this. Michael Van Gerwen will reach the UK Open final. Death taxes Michael Van Gerwen reaches finals on ITV4. It's just how it works. So I, I, I think that he will be there. I think he will make the final. And I think that he beats James Wade. I, I, I'm sorry to be so dull and predictable. Um, but I think James Wade at 33 to 1 is a decent each way bet with the way that he's playing. But I can only see Michael Van Gerwen winning this title because that is just what happens on ITV4 events. You're forgetting the players that maybe over-practice, that are on the board a lot in multiple game tournaments. Yes, and Michael <laughs> Van Gerwen is not one of them. No, but the other one is. <laughs> I don't, he doesn't enjoy that much of a practice, does he? After oh, uh, he's always on the board. After court spots. 
Anyway, I'll tell you what. I'm going with the most common answer in the chat. Go on. I've genuinely seen about four or five people pick this in a minute. It's James Wade versus Damon Hector in the final. No chance. No chance. By the way, do you know what? There's, there's, James... There is part of me that is going to agree with that as well. And just because, in terms of consistency, those two don't really drop a level, right? They sit at a very, very good level, which for this sort of event is good, especially if they're not on the TV event, they can go and do something. But I just think they're that much more likely to run into somebody doing something ridiculous on an outside board or on that stream too when they go and chuck in 110 average and, and knock these boys out of the park for a game where they can't quite live a bit, don't do anything wrong. That I just can't see both of them coming through. I am yes. I'm techy about Wade, as always am. I, I hate putting the curse on him, but would not be the worst pick. One that I'm going for is Mervyn King. The man loves an ITV event, yeah. as many people in the chat room are yeah. saying. Yeah, but... Hey, Phil asked me to pick a finalist, not a winner. Didn't mm. look good at the Super Series. He had two absolute stinkers of draws. He yeah. looked very, very I, good look, at I'd, I'd love to see... I would love to see... I'd love to see Merv. And Merv as well, like, he's odds at 50 to 1, which is a decent price. What's he talking about? Oh, by the way, Callum has said in there, uh, he's practicing Warzone as we speak. <laughs> Good man. Yeah, and uh, just, well, well, God picked his other one. Martin Lukeman again joins us in the chat room. He said one of the boards done, probably on Thursday when they know everyone's passed the COVID test, I would guess. Eat it either way, Martin. Um, so, Gob, you're going Merv and who? Um, let's go. Do you know what? I saw signs from him at the weekend. Not massively, but there were signs. And if he keeps that form going into next week, I'm going completely left field with it. I'm going to Mervyn King... Versus Christoph Ratajski final. Jeez. And who wins? What have you been drinking? <laughs> and who books a 22 uh, Premier League? Mervyn. He gets one. He earns one. He deserves one. What? You're talking and I'm nonsense, not just saying that lad. Because his card's on the way to go up on my wall, either. <laughs> <laughs> wow. There's a... Um, there's, 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 there's things there. Um, right, where am I going? Well, we know where you're right. going. My... Don't even try and pretend. No, no you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> My first finalist will be the rock star, Joe Cullen. I said it all the Again, way through the stream. Way. I think he will win a TV title this year. And... I think this format suits him because he can go berserk on one day. So, uh, Joe Cullen yeah. will play. I don't want to do this to him because I do it to him all the time. Michael Smith, he finally gets over the line. He finally gets over the line. TV major. 
Oh, Barzi, I could write your script every week. No, I'm going, I'm going rogue. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going rogue. I'm joining Gob. I'm going rogue. Yes. I'm going for the Irish sensation King Barry to play Joe to play Joe Cullen in the final. Are you have you remember what have you been drinking tonight? Lads, lads, let's all take a minute here because between us we've picked one of the top seven in the world. Two. Wadey's now on. Yes. What? Because it's an open draw. Because it's an open draw, remember, gents. Funny things happen in this tournament. Yes, and two and and two of the top three in the world. Well, sorry, all three of the top. Yeah. Was it all three? No. uh, No, two of the top three in the world last year got through to the final. Not this year. Phil, I know you're my boss, but you're talking nonsense here, pal. Not, not this year. Not this year at all. There is oh, going okay, to be... So Cullen versus Barry. Cullen versus Barry, then. And you're saying that Joe Cullen Cam's wins his place in the Premier League next year. <laughs> you're saying that Cullen beats Barry... That makes four of us in the last three months. Where is it? I'm going for Joe Cullen to win his first televised title. I've got no problem with you picking Cullen. It's just the other pick that I've got to worry about. Look, I think the Keane's mint, and we know this, but he's not ready to well, go. He's well, not going to go and reach a, a final. No. Sorry. No, All I'm saying is David Cullen. And B, if he does make that final, it's too early for him. All I'm saying is David Pallet made the UK Open final when it was behind closed doors. Um, semi-final, sorry. But it was behind closed doors. Yes, but... I'm sorry. And the, the other thing... Way that, uh, with that... Go on. Well, with the draw, you don't need to beat the best to win this tournament, potentially. Yeah, but it's a massive potential. Jar keeps going on about how difficult this draw is, and I keep going on about the opposite. At some point, you're going to play somebody that can play darts. You're playing the best players in the world. Yes. Yeah, but what I'm saying is you could get to a quarter-final and not draw anyone in the top ten. Yes, but you could easily then draw half the world's top ten at any stage of the game. You could draw a player from the top ten at any stage and and be gone. Yes, Ben also mentions obviously the same, that David Pallett, yes, Robert Owen... And Corey Cadby made the made the semi-final lineup alongside Gary Anderson. But there's still Gary Anderson there. Like Cadby as well at the time, he won a Pro Tour title. Obviously, I'm not I, I appreciate you know this, Ben, and, and, and I'm not trying to rip your knowledge here at all, pal, when I say this. But Corey Cadby had won a Pro Tour title and had managed to then go and reach the final. I, I, I'm not being funny. And again, it's not just because he's in the chat room playing Warzone at the same time. But I, did I, boys, did I not say to you and message you going, Callum Ridge to win a Pro Tour and then go and reach the UK Open final? You did. No, 100%, you did. So, look, if, if anybody's going to come through the field like that, I reckon that Callum's up there with a shot of doing so. 
I just don't think he's. I just don't think Keane is ready just yet. But it's mad to think though that Keane Barry's only got 150 to one odds, same as Alan Suter. That's bonkers. Bonkers. Yeah, and, and again, just 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 a couple of people in the chat room saying, like Denny saying, your picks are ridiculous. If this was a normal tournament, we wouldn't be doing this. But because it's a UK Open, you cannot plot your route to the final. This is as wide open as it gets. So why is the best tournament it's in the world? Fact. A UK Open in which the top three players faltered, as you like, at the Masters. They, they weren't in the final. That was two outsiders. None of them made a final of a Pro Super Series over four days. Not just one Pro Tour weekend, but four in a row. All right, Gezi withdrew. We don't know how much that's going to affect him. MVG played well, lost early. Peter Wright threw those absolute monstrosities. Even if you're still in the chat room, Peter, sorry. Go back to the World Championship darts. They're the ones. Or the Euro Grip, PL15s, whatever you are, the straight barrel ones. Stop pissing around. Um, I just think this is testament to the strength <laughs> and depth of the field at the minute. I'm just going to list some players that we have not mentioned in contention once. Gary Anderson, Dave Chisnell, Dimitri Vandenberg, Nathan Aspinall, who, by the way, his ranking has dropped down five places because he's just lost the money he's defending from winning this title. Dale Gurney's back on the up. Ian White, Glenn Dorrant looked like he was in a much better place. Jose de Souza, Stephen Bunting was a world semi-finalist. Simon Whitlock, you can never rule him out. Chris Dobie, Adrian Lewis. We haven't got anywhere near any of them players. Yeah. Um, someone in the, in the chat room says, thoughts on Danny Nopper or Van Dijvenboda for the UK Open? I think they can both have very good runs. Both looked very tidy in the four days in, in Bowen, and you wouldn't, wouldn't want to draw one of them, that's for sure. Dirk was my sexy pick last yeah, yeah, yeah. year. 100%. Yeah, Dirk was uh, my sexy both, pick last year. I'll tell you what, this has got the chat room going. I like this. Mm. Welcome along, everyone. Loads of different yeah, picks here in Dirk's, the chat room. Dirk's form on yeah, TV as well that. last year will, will be that, won't it? All right, a lot of those were behind closed doors, but we see him go and make the final of the Grand Prix. Backed it up. Yeah. Like, he had the pedigree last year. I'm not yeah, funny. As well, TK Shots has said, we TK Shots has said we haven't even mentioned the world number one. And he's, and he's right, and they're right to be fair. When we say this, but yeah, I, I don't know what I, it is, but Gezi just did Gezi just doesn't look very at the moment. Well, certainly. Yeah, exactly. And he made the semi-finals of the Masters as well. He made the semi-finals of the last TV tournament. And Michael Van Gerwen, who is my pick now to win the UK Open, didn't even make the last eight of the court of the uh, Masters. He was running into Johnny Clayton though, so that, that's a fair point. Yeah, but the chat room is absolutely brimming this superb. Um Right, gentlemen. We know where we're going we'll come here. Back to the chat room. We'll come back to the chat we'll room. We'll come back to the time, room. but we've got to get through the rest of this shit. Um, however, at the weekend. Wait a minute. <laughs> oh, dear me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, no, no, no. 
this man here <clears throat> went on to win his first PDC ranking title for seven and a half years. And yeah. um, you resigned once you, you resigned once or twice that day in the WhatsApp group. Um, as yeah. it as as it was going along and everything like that. That was the fourth time in a fortnight. Yeah. Well, you've resigned more times than I've had up dinners late, so you can shut up for a kickoff. Yes, yeah. that's why I'm going the world championship. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. But before before you go, Good ladies and gentlemen, Jar is about to try and save face. So sit down and enjoy <laughs> five or six minutes of squirming. Right, I'm so because this, this is going to be uncomfortable. No, it's not, and it, it's not even going to be five or six minutes. It's going to take ninety seconds because him winning a Pro Tour title has proven my point. Will continue. Will actually help my case really on this one, and I'll explain. I said, and if you go back and I've listened to the and I've listened to what I've said back, uh, it was a very emotional day on that Thursday night when we talked we talked about Q School, right? I said that he, the question about his ability is not there. We know that he is still one of the very best players to do it, and he and he has underachieved in the PDC. No matter what people might think, he is definitely underachieved in the PDC. As I did the as I did in the comment that uh, and and the report that I did uh, on, on the show and uh, and on the website. But this is, but him winning Pro Tour titles and winning TV titles to me shows to me that he can still do it, and shows to me that he can has uh, that he does have the ability. My biggest issue with it will come, and I know May said earlier that exhibitions might not be back. I think they will be. I hope they will be at least anyway. That's when we will see truly what Raymond Van Barneveld is all about. If he's got enough money to qualify for World Championships and, and got enough money to go and qualify for the Players' Champs at Minehead, I, I, I've got absolutely no problem with him going off to play exhibitions. And if he's play, it depends on when they come back and all that sort of stuff. But if he's got enough money to reach ranking events or he's done enough to reach ranking events, I've got absolutely no problem with him going off and playing exhibitions. The top boys go and have the rest and, and play, you know, and I, and I get that and I've got no issue with that whatsoever. My issue will come, though, if he doesn't have enough money to go and qualify for, say, I don't know, the, Europe, the Players' Championship Finals, and he has an opportunity to go and qualify for it in Barnsley or in Wigan or wherever, and he chooses to go and play an exhibition. That's where I will have an issue with it, and that's where I still have an issue with it because we can't tell until he has the opportunity to go and earn. Let's face it, boys, and you know this as well as I do, the amount of money that he could pick up in an exhibition is way more than he could go and play if he was in a ranking title uh, day at Barnsley. Would we all agree? Apart from if he wins it. It isn't, is it? It's, it's, it's a guaranteed income. That's the difference. That's guaranteed money in your pocket. Pro Tours is very re dependent on your performance. Look, I am with Jar in respect. I just think we need to give it time before we can pass this judgment. We all know that there was, as, as Chris Mason said about an hour and 20 minutes ago, there's plenty of rumours floating around as to the reason why this return has happened. And the fact that Barney is back and he's saying, 
there was again there was talk on social media this week. Was anybody surprised that Barney won a title in his first three days? Well, yes, actually, because he hadn't won a ranking event in seven and a half years. He won the Premier League and the Grand Slam, but neither of those were ranked. His last televised ranking win was the Las Vegas Desert Classic. That doesn't exist anymore. So the 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 fact he won an event, yes, is quite surprising. And actually, we're very much on the crest of the comeback at the minute. We're on the crest of the wave. He has put the time in, he's put the effort in, he looks in fabulous shape physically. Probably yeah. the best I've seen him in a long, long time. But you can tell he's put the effort and the practice in back on the board, right? Which is good. But it's when you get a lull, when you get a dip, like the win came a week after Houston, where we saw he was playing well, not well enough to win a card outright, which was quite surprising. He, he encountered a few tricky games, and then going to do it on a Pro Tour week later is a little bit baffling, but he did it anyway to become the first, the fastest player to win a Tour card to go on to win a PDC event by one event compared to Glenn Durrant. Obviously, Bunting won his first yes. one, but he was gifted a tour card, not winning it. So it's a little bit different. Um, so, yeah, there is still an opportunity to pass judgment on Raymond Van Barneva, but it's just not yet. Um, we need to sit back, let this year unfold. It's another story to have back in the dark. It's another player that, given how open the field is at the minute and how the standard keeps rising, that the top 10, the top 16 will not want to see because he's going to be an absolute floater in the draw, like Gary Anderson is on the Pro Tours at the minute, where he missed a lot. He's going to yes. go in and he's going to take money off the top boys because he's got that level of performance. That World Championship last 16 against MVG is the one that instantly springs to mind. He is going to be a spoiler for a year as he looks to rebuild. And if he can keep the momentum going, keep the dedication, the motivation, and the practice levels up, you can almost say he's going to get better for the year. And that is a worry for the rest of the field. My point is this, PB, and I know you want to jump in and, I, and I'll, I'll, I know we've got to keep it moving because we're already done an hour and 45. But my point on this is this. He's already in contention to qualify for the World Grand Prix. In fact, he's in the qualification spots for the World Grand Prix. He's in the Players' Championship final race. He's, I mean, not being funny, he's basically already qualified, isn't he, with that Pro Tour win. Pretty damn much he already has. And, he'll be, and he's pretty much going to be guaranteed a place at the World Championships unless something silly happens, right, for the Pro Tour title. The only one that he doesn't have to worry about is the match play. And, sorry, at the moment that he's worrying about is the match play. And even then, he's only two and a half grand off winning a place in the match play by the Pro Tour Order of Merit. If he was to go and play in every single television tournament, qualify for it, make sure that he's in there, and then go and play exhibitions, I have got absolutely no problem with that. Even with the Euro Tour, if he doesn't want to play on the Euro Tour, Gary Anderson doesn't do that, I haven't got an issue with it. This is, my issue is, is this, if he is still trying to qualify for the World Championships or other televised tournaments and is not putting the effort in on the Pro Tour to qualify for those events, then I have a problem with it. But And, and Bob mentions about not averaging 98, talking about not averaging 98 on, on, on the Pro Tour and a Q score, does that not put an end to it? No, it doesn't, because what will put an end to it is to see which one he favours. And that's where I'm still siding on. 
And I appreciate people will look at me and go, look, I, the only reason why I didn't want Barney back in the PDC was because I don't know what the true commitment is there for. And we, and I've said this before, and we've said this before, and we've been slated for it on social media. If you don't have the time to commit to the tour, you shouldn't be going to playing on and, and playing and, and going to Q school and trying to get your tour. PB Cup, would we agree on that one, PB? Yeah, no, 100%. And just, I'm just going to, there's a couple of bits in the chat room which will, goes into this. First of all, Callan says, Callan versus Dobie in the final up northeast, great. Um, but yes. someone says, uh, Double Bluff says, why do you think he would choose exhibitions over the Pro Tour? We say this because in his final year on tour after did. the Swan Tour, as I was saying, I'm coming to this, he did exactly that. That he chose not to try and qualify for tournaments to take exhibition money. He he has done it before, but look, I've I've I genuinely think that what I've seen, I think he's in it for the long haul. I genuinely do. What what we've seen, look, I, I think he will give it everything for these two years. Yeah, and this is the thing about it, though, is the fact that if exhibitions was there, I know as well as you do the amount of nights that he was playing Phil Taylor in an exhibition in 2020 before COVID hit. Do we reckon he'd have been back? If that was the case, I doubt it. Um, only he can answer that. I don't. Is the honest truth? I don't. I, think, I, only I, he, I just don't know. I, only he can can genuinely answer that question. Um, and if he gives an honest answer, yeah. Look, we've we, we, we've done the barn a bit. We've we've let Jar squeal um, a little bit. Um, <laughs> But also, right. we're not going to talk on this too much, but we are going to talk about it. Obviously, we're going to have a look back at the Super Series. Uh, Arthur, you're very much wrong. I know for a fact that he doesn't. And I genuinely do know that as well. That <laughs> that, that isn't in the bank. <laughs> One divorce and two um, very big sofas. Very, very much big sofas. Mike Duffy will still be talking about that sofa <laughs> when he's dead. Yeah. Um, gents, Super Series, four days of Pro Tour action, first one of the year. I think we can class it as a huge success. Would you agree? Yes. Definitely. Look, the standard was there from a lot of players. You could see the players that were a little bit rusty, some that weren't. Um, I thought a lot of the new tour card holders gave a good account of themselves. They got in the mix straight away. They gave off good performances, even if perhaps sometimes results didn't match those level of performances. Um, we're seeing, as we've mentioned a million and one times, Joe Cullen and um, Johnny Clayton do absolute bits on the pro top minute. Johnny Clayton has already eclipsed his total Pro Tour order of merit ranking from last year in four days. This year. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's wow. how well that's how well that man's playing at the minute. Um, yeah, look, we got stories. We got a nine data on every single day. Uh, well done to all of those guys. Luke Woodhouse, if you're in the chat room, I know you are watching sometimes as well. Congratulations, buddy. Solid. Keep that up as well. Um I think yeah. we got everything we could have wanted from the opening four days of the Pro Tour. Apart from seeing perhaps one of the top four 
win a title. Yeah, I, no, think, I agree. Yeah, I think I can't. I can't really. I can't really disagree with anything there. It's great to see as well. Like because we, again, I, I have to carry this because I know he's in the chat room. But listen, when it comes to Callum, we've all said the ceiling that he's got, and we know that he could be a very, very dangerous player over the next few years. And to see him go and lift that Pro Tour title, because God, you, you, I'm sure you've run into him a couple of times on the Dev Tour, or seen him play on the Dev Tour, and, and realised just how good the bloke is. Said that about everyone in the room compared to me, to be fair, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll say, I'll say this though as well that I, I talked about Michael Smith doing that. Michael Smith is there or thereabouts, getting reaching quarters, semi finals of, of events, all that sort of stuff. Daryl Gurdy doesn't look too bad. And, and look, he, he's got a huge year ahead of him. Don't know whether the lack of Premier League will help him um, as well. Um, but Damon Hetter, again, I know Willie's in the chat room. She stayed with us all day on Sunday to watch that final. It's a shame that Hetter didn't manage to win it but for, for her, for, her uh, for all the work that she's done as well with us in the chat room. But yeah, look, it, it was a great event. Roll on next uh, the next one, which is 16th to the 19th of March. So you can have Cheltenham on and then us as well at the same time. Have Cheltenham in the background and us. Yeah, 100%. I, I loved every minute of it and I can't wait. As someone, I think Juanita said it in the chat room, the, the pro toy is the bread and butter. Uh, and, and I genuinely love it because we see where, where people are uh, in there. But it's that time, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to throw open the chat room. It, it, it's time to get your questions in. I know there's loads in there already, so we will, between us, scroll back um, through and um, find them. Yes. There's been some absolute belters of questions in there today. You guys have all been... Absolutely amazing. We've There's got 10 minutes, so let's try and get through. Where I want to start. Yes, I've won one of them, the so here you go. Good friend, Simon Key, thanks for watching, mate. He says, I have a question. If players don't bother turning up for events, should they have their cards taken off them? No idea why the likes of Harms and Darren Pennell haven't appeared much. Look, this is a tricky one because we've seen it happen with a couple of players give their cards back recently. Harry Ward said he wasn't motivated. Kyle Anderson gave his card back. Um, I think 95% of that was him. 5% of that may have been from other pressures. Um, I do and I don't. Winning a tour card gives you the right to pick and choose what you want to play for two years. That That's completely your prerogative. But at the same time, I... I'm a believer that if you're not going to use it, if you know you're not going to play anything, not it's there in case I want to play anything or, or do whatever. If you have absolutely no intention of using it, then give it back. Yeah. Um, everyone knows my feelings on it. Got, um, got yeah. Twitter slightly you, hopping. You got I'm about to say, you, you got <laughs> slated for that, didn't you? Um. Yeah, look, everyone knows my feelings on it. I think there should be something in place that if after a year you haven't played in a percentage of tournaments, then questions have to be asked. Yeah. And to be honest, I don't think that percentage would be relatively high. You're not expecting players to turn up 95% of the time for pro tour events because with the schedules... And the rest of it, when the World Series and, and the full tour returns, European tour, these players are going to pick and choose. They don't have a choice. It's just too demanding to yeah. play in absolutely everything. 
So that bar won't be massively high. I just think it'll be in things you are capable of playing in, so the Pro Tours, the Euro qualifiers and that sort of thing. It would probably be around 60%, just over half. That would be where I'd say minimum attendance line would be drawn in the PDC. I agree with you there. Uh, Joe Beattie, I appreciate we've got to move it on. Joe Beattie says, do you think Gary Anderson will be in the top four by the end of 2021? He's not defending much money. I've looked at the amount of money that he's defending. It's 21.7%. Yes, of I do. His, of his ranking. I, I, I know, yes, I you know what? The only, the, the only caveat to that is the Euro Tour. That's the only caveat to it. That if, if the Euro Tour comes back in some guys, I don't think he will. But if it doesn't, I'm with you. I think he could overtake James Wade. And if he wins a TV title, then yes, I reckon he will. I, if it was a full Euro Tour, I would agree. But six events won't make a huge dent if it's around that. 150 150 grand. Six, six events are not going to save the 71% of his ranking that Rob Cross is defending for a start. So he is going to fall. I do not expect yeah. him to defend a third. I expect him to defend about a third of what he's got coming off his ranking this year. I think that's a fair aim. Anything more is a bonus. Yeah. Anything less is an absolute disaster. Wadey's got the ITV events to defend at the back of the year. Has he not? From two years yeah. ago? Uh, uh, no. That was three, three years, years ago. ago so that's come off his ranking. Yes, it's come so off his ranking. So that's, that's only the only way I don't see Gary Anderson in the top four is if Michael Smith finally gets over line in a big one or Dimitri does what he did again last year. Because he's defending both. Yeah. I, 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 think, I think Gary will, will go on. Um, so, so uh, yeah. Quick question here from Simon. Uh, Henry, I will get to your question in a minute because we do owe you a question from last week. Uh, Simon says, who is going to be the shock of the UK Open? One pick each. And as the six buys in the first round, should the PDC have added six more players? You can't do it this year because of the situation. But yes, they probably would have added six more players that qualified. Maybe a couple of riders qualifiers or something like that potentially would have come in. But they can't do it this year. Normally they would have done. As for shocks, well, PV's gone for one, isn't it? King Barrett, clearly. If you, that's a shock. If he if he reaches a final, that's what we do. Who would be the biggest shock? Uh, do you know what? Actually, I'll, I'll, I, I don't know if you can call it a shock with the way that he's been playing, but I reckon I don't know if Alan Suter would be a shock, but. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be to me with the way that he's playing. I reckon he could easily reach a quarterfinal with a good draw. By his ranking, it would be a shock, but not the way he's playing. Yes. Hmm. Do you want to do Henry's one now, John? Me. I was going to say the shock for me. We'll do what Gob says. Is that we lose a minimum of ten of the seeds in round four? The enter in round four. A minimum ten of those. See to get them. Not a bad shout, to be fair. Um, yes, Henry, we do owe you a question from last week. So here we go. When the WDF World Championships are formed in 2022, should the men's and women's winners be given an invite to the UK to spice the competition up a little bit? 
The answer to that from me is no. However, I reckon they could and they probably should be entered into the Grand Slam. Make it a bit more interesting that way. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say yeah. slam. I like the amateur aspect of the UK Open in a normal year, but certainly the slam I don't have an issue with. Yeah, I'm the same. We had a good conversation on Twitter last week. Um, so just to let everyone know what it was, it was pretty much the same conversation. It was um, definitely for the slam. That was the appeal of that event. Otherwise, it's just a group stage with a with a long knockout format. To me, that needs amateur involvement or it needs something else to keep the interest in the Grand Slam. Um, that that would be where I go of it. But in terms of the WDF World Championship, um, who we have on last week, Paul Nicholson, we had a good conversation with him as well about um, the need for that and the, the communication we think that's going to be there between them and the, the PDC. And I'm just really looking forward to seeing those work in tandem with each other for the first time ever. Yeah, um, uh, well, Adam, Adam says, has, yeah, uh, that's it. what do you think of Matthew Edgar and would you go on Edgar TV? Um, if he asked me, yeah, 100%. Look, I've only, I've only met Same. Matt once or twice, um, but the, the times I've met him, nice guy, speaks well. Um, I don't know him personally, but the, the times I've met him, yeah, not an issue at all. Yeah, and if he asked me to go on, yeah, I would. No reason why not to. Same here. Same here. We'd love to be on it if uh, if Mr. Edgar is watching. Invite us on. We'd love to talk to us with you, obviously. Uh, there was one question here that I think we should end this with because I appreciate we're very, very close to two hours. Who is uh, Dan Short? Who is under the more pressure out of the top three? NVG, Gerwin Price, or Peter Wright? Owen actually put Owen put in the chat as well. Will Peter Wright win a TV tournament this year? He's going to have to because he's defending half a bloody million quid at the World Championships. Um, I don't know is the honest answer. I, I think because of the amount of money that's going to fall off his ranking in 2021, I, at the end, sorry, well, at the end of 2022, I think Peter Wright is in, sorry, at the end of 2021, into 2022, I think Peter Wright's under the more pressure because he's got to try and back up the world's win because he hasn't really done that, really, since the World Championship win. He's not really done much else. He, he's only defending... 28% of his ranking this year, whereas so next year, whereas in 2019, he's got 720,000 to defend. The bar the yeah, European no, Championship in 2020. So for me, for me, it's snaky. Prices are the no pressure for two years. Mm, yeah. I'd say eh, he's got a Grand Prix and a Players' Champ and a UK Open final next year and a World Championship win, obviously. Yeah. Um, the the but, only pressure yeah. going Price is under for the next 18 months is any pressure he puts on himself to deliver as world champion. And if he wants to go and defend that in a year's time, the rest of this year is effectively a free roll. It would be a disaster for the world champion to go out first round every time, but he's going to get nice draws because he's still world number one and that sort of thing. That's just not going to happen. So he's going to accumulate enough money just from where he enters into competitions and who he plays at that point with medium performances. He's not going to have to reach the top, top level. Um, everything else is an absolute free roll for him. Van Gerwen, I think what he's achieved in his career means that he shouldn't be under any pressure. But the lack of performances now, or the lack of wins, sorry, not the lack of performances, the lack of winning for MVG will be a concern to him more than anybody else. 
Phil, you know him very well, and this this is not sitting well with him. This is not what he does. He's a winner. He wins tournaments at a canter. He plays mind games with people, and he owns the PDC in his mind. Everybody else is just there to make up the entry money well, so that he can take it home with him. Peter Wright is 100% well, the answer for most under pressure because of the situation he's given himself with keep tinkering with darts and the money he's defending. Well, this is what I could come on to very, very quickly. I know we've got to go, but Jeff has actually talked about the, the tweet that Dan Dawson put out yesterday, talking about, you know, aside from something all over the office, shouting, this is all mine, and all that sort of stuff. Because there was a bit of word set between him and Rasma. Now, I don't know what could have happened and all that sort of stuff, but do you genuinely, PB, do you reckon the pressure's getting to him a little bit? Uh, no, not not for that, I don't. Um, look, the pressure he puts on himself to win is nothing I've ever seen before. Um the internal pressure he puts on himself. Um, in his head, he should win everything. And he, and he genuinely believes that, that he should win everything he plays in. If he doesn't, the reason he hasn't is because he hasn't performed. And you've got to admire that because that's um, that, that's that's mental strength and mental fortitude that he believes in his own ability so much. Um, do I think the thing at the weekend... Um, no, when I saw it, as in the, the, the tweets and whatever, I was like, he's done it before. He's called out people that he thinks are doing it, even when he was playing well. If he thinks someone is deliberately doing something, flicking flights, tapping, or, or, or whatever, he he's done it. He's done it on TV to go in price. He's done it in Pro Tours. If he, He's just Maybe one of those two. ones that, yeah, if, 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 he, if he thinks someone isn't trying or, or, or isn't or is deliberately trying to do something, he, he calls it. So I, I don't think it was pressure. I'm not, I'm not saying Rasmus was doing it deliberately here, by the way, but I'm just saying that if he feels that they are, yeah. he is going to say something. Well, we've got to get out of here, unfortunately. The questions have been unbelievable all night, but we've been talking now for two hours, and uh, basically we know that you guys will probably want to get off to bed at some stage. So thank you very, very much for watching us. PB, I shall let you have the final say, talking about our UK Open coverage, which starts 12 o'clock Friday afternoon. No, it doesn't. It starts at 11. 11. Read your press release. It's at that. Is it? It's 11. I didn't get Outside ball start at 11, Jarleth. Read your press release. In which case, it starts at 10.45 a.m. <laughs> yes, everyone. Just off the back of what we had, we had, obviously, Super Series Live. We'll be bringing you the same coverage at the UK Open for the first two days. We are not going to stream on the Sunday because there is only one stage board live where you can all watch it free on ITV. But whilst there are two boards going on, we will be streaming, as just said, 10.45 on Friday morning. It's going to be a long shift, gentlemen. However, we can't wait. The UK Open, we have it all here at Online Darts. Make sure you subscribe. That big button there, you guys have been absolute troopers. We keep asking you to do it, so smash that subscribe button. Turn notifications on so you don't miss anything, and we will have Everything live here for the UK Open, all in one place. Like Jar said, we've waffled for two hours of your life. It's been amazing. Chris Mason, Jack Yoki, absolutely superb. I've been Phil Bars, joined by Jack Gobby Garwood and Jarlath Theaton, as always. And we will see you Friday morning here at Online Darts.